This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Well, good evening. Welcome to the Ark. Welcome to Ark Online, wherever you are and wherever, however you may be watching. We are glad that you have joined us. We have people here present. We now have Children's Church that is back in function on Wednesday nights, and so we're glad to we're glad to have the. Hey, listen, if I'm a parent who's been at home with my kids for a long time, I'd come to church just to put them in children's church and, uh, and, and enjoy the break. So we've got that going on, and we appreciate our, uh, our kids staff. They do a great job. They don't just babysit kids. They really minister to kids, and, uh, and that's something that is, is very important. We always t- take a little time to do a stewardship. We don't pass a plate. Of course, passing a plate is pretty much gone now, and so... Uh, there always are offering boxes in the back if you'd like to, to, if you still give by check or give by cash, you can do that. Uh, a lot of giving, of course, is online. And we have been talking about some of the things that Jesus said about giving, about finances, about your money. And it's interesting because almost all of them for the past three weeks have come right out of Matthew, the sixth chapter. As I was looking at Matthew 6 uh, today, I recognize something that Jesus really in this entire chapter is doing a contrast. And he is contrasting some things. He's contrasting, uh, he starts with talking about doing charitable deeds. He said, don't do it before men. So he's contrasting doing things before men or before God. He said, if you just do it for men, if you do it for appearances sake, he said, all the rewards you get is that. Is people going, wow, you're awesome, that's it. He said, but if you do it for God, he said, he's the one that can reward you. So he's doing a contrast. Then he talks about prayer. He says, when you pray, you don't have to pray these long, great public prayers. And uh, he was really referring to the religious people of the day who would pray these long prayers, and they would go out and they would pray it in public, and, and everyone would go, wow, what an awesome prayer. I don't know that you ever want anybody going after you finish praying, that was just an awesome prayer. Uh, Really, it's, it's designed to talk to God, not necessarily. Now, my mother used to, her, her prayers were designated towards me. It was, she was praying to God, but it was like over God's shoulder directed at me. And so whenever dad asked her to say the blessing, we had a, we had a good godly family. We always sat down together and had dinner and had the blessing. And uh, dad said the blessing so quick, you barely realized it was happening. Mom, mom could work a sermon in with the blessing. Mom, if you're watching this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so she would, man, she'd work a sermon and she'd take a big deep breath and go, when someone takes a deep, deep breath before a prayer, just, just buckle up. You, Cause you're going to be there for a long time. And she would launch into how, when we're not living right and doing the things that we should, that things just don't work out for us the way that they should work out. But if we were, we're doing the, this is over the, Food. Food. Food's getting cold. You know, to this day, I still am probably the quickest prayer over the food of anybody you've ever met. If we go out to eat lunch together, I will pray you don't get a chance. Because I've had people pray with the pastor before, and they always take a deep breath. I'm like, oh, here we go. So I will do it because I want to eat, not listen to you talk to God for a long period of time. And so my mother would talk to me. Jesus said, I should have read the scripture to her. Don't do that, Mom. Don't pray to be, to be heard of men. said, so you, you, you pray to God. And then said, and don't use vain repetitions like the, uh, he said, like the heathen. The heathen, uh, they had these things and they would just repeat and repeat and repeat. And 
They had all kinds of wild things. The thumping that you hear is our youth. I'm so glad that they're there. They like, they like their music loud enough to curl your toes. And for those of us who act like, well, I wouldn't like that when I was a kid, you're lying about it, because that's what we all, we all did. I'm just glad that they're there, and I'm glad they're in church on a Wednesday night. So I'm, I'm just a, a priest. Give me a little background music while I do that, and we'll see, talk about the offering. Jesus continues to go. He talks about fasting to be seen by God. He's still contrasting. He talks about treasures. He said, don't, don't get caught up in treasures down here. He said, let there be treasures in heaven. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. This is all in the sixth chapters. Great chapter. And then he talks about you can't serve God money. We talked about that last week. He didn't, he didn't say you can't serve God and, and have money. He just said, you're, you're going to serve someone. He said, so you're going to either serve God first or money's first. And so we talked about that one, go into it. Then he talks about, again, he's contrasting. Now he's talking about the, the, the system of how God's kingdom is different from man's kingdom. And he talked about not worrying. And he goes into not worrying about your life. He said, what you, what you eat or what you drink or about your body, what you put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. He talks about the birds of the air, and God feeds them. He talks about the flowers, and God clothes them. He talks about if you worry, it's not going to help anything. And so then he, he jumps into this in Matthew 6, 31. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Gentiles were people who did not have a, a covenant relationship with God. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Keep in mind, when Jesus was talking, he was, he was talking to people who already had a religious system of how they did things. But Jesus changed it. And so he began to emphasize that this is not about us worrying and, and fretting. He said, like people who don't know God. He said, you have a heavenly father, and he knows what we have need of. He said, so if we'll seek his kingdom, in other words, the way... His kingdom operates the way he operates, the way his kingdom operates. And his right standing, all these things will be added to you. So if you go back, let's go, go back and you get an opportunity and look at that sixth chapter again and realize the contrast and realize what Jesus is talking about and how he's beginning to lay out that we, we live differently. And so we, we, have a different, we have a different mentality. We have a different motive. We have a different reason when we pray. We're not doing things to be seen by people. We're doing things to be seen by God because he's the one that rewards us. He's the one that helps us. And, it, and our giving is, is not for people. It's for him. And so all of these things, and so, but he also says that the world without God worries a lot. And he's telling us we ought not to. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands for anyone who's ever worried. But bottom line is all of us have. And so the idea though is we want, we want to get to where we worry less and less and less. And so if you're a serial worrier right now and you think, man, I come from a, a long, rich heritage of worrying people, do you know that can change? And you can, you can get better at that. And you don't have to be a I was a worrier. I used to be a big worrier. I would, even as a, a young child, I would lay down and go to sleep and I had a hard time going to sleep because I'm recounting all the stuff that I've been through during the day. Am I the only one? 
Y'all are quiet tonight. You're acting like you're, you're tolerating my, my sharing this with you. And I suspect that I'm not the only one. So just stare straight ahead and go, praise God, I'm glad people are hearing this. <laughs> but the idea is sometimes you can work. So you can start worrying early. You know, if your family worried and they were strong worriers, chances are you're a big worrier because you, you learn well. And, uh, you know, some people are thinking if you don't worry, you don't care. Ever hear of that one? Because I care, I worry. You know, if, if, you're, if you're in trouble, do you want someone praying for you or worrying for you? I want someone praying. Someone comes up to me and goes, Pastor, I worried for you all last night. I worried it was all last night. <laughs> you have wasted your time. It would have been a lot better for, for you to pray. So Jesus is talking. He said, don't. He says, he's talking about not worrying. He said, seek first God's kingdom, how God does things, how he operates. He said, see, he's, and all these things would be added to us. Aren't you glad we have a different system? Aren't you glad we can operate differently than people who do not have a relationship with God? And if you're here or you're listening to me and you don't have a relationship with God, just hang on because at the end of the service, we'll tell you how to do it because it's not that hard and it will be the very best thing you have ever done in your life is to have a relationship with him because it will make a difference in your life now, and it's going to make a difference in your life 10,000 years from now. It is the best thing ever. And so while we're enjoying the best thing ever, we might as well find out how God does things and tap into his system of doing things, because he said if we'll seek his kingdom, all these things would be added to us. How many of you believe Jesus told us the truth? He wasn't just, he wasn't a hype guy. He wasn't saying stuff. What he said was true. So we seek his kingdom. And these things are added. So I've liked that chapter. I've liked what Jesus has had to say about giving and about finances. We're going to pick up our Guided by God series. Let's pray before we do it. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this time. We appreciate your teacher, the Holy Spirit, who lives in us and enlightens us and helps us. And So tonight we thank you that we are enlightened. Our hearts are open. Our ears are open. I thank you for every individual that's here, everyone that's listening online. And Father, I give you all the praise for what you are doing in our lives. We thank you. We'll leave here stronger and better than how we came in. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Our text, our text for this is guided by God is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. To recap, we begin to talk about the fact that inside of this verse is some very good insight as to how we can be guided by God, God's guidance. So the very first one we talked about, does God still speak and guide people today? I encourage you, you can always get that online. You can download it. It's available to you. It's free. So we talked about that. Last week, we talked about trust in the Lord. And so we talked about the fact that trust means to be confident, to be bold. It's a feeling of security. It's more of a decision than it is a feeling. But four things that help us establish a trust in God. This is from Proverbs 22nd chapter, 17 through 19. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. Imply your heart to my knowledge, for it's a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. So we talked about four things that will help us establish trust in God. First one is incline your ear, having an ear to hear. The second one is applying your heart. So not only do we have an ear to hear what God's saying, we also have a, a heart to receive. We have a heart to apply 
his word into our life. How our, uh, our approach to God's word makes a huge difference in us. And then it said, keep them within you. Last week talk, we talked about keeping God's word in your heart. You're going to keep something in your heart. You say, well, you know, I can't, I can't think about God's word all day. Well, think, I, I'll encourage everyone to get a verse and take a verse and begin to think about that during the course of the week. The idea is you're going to think about something. So we might as well take something that's got some life in it. Have you ever, had a, have you ever been thinking about something and, or just a, a thought that came to you and it was not a good thought? And you thought that thought all day. And uh, maybe it's a thought of, you know, you know, so-and-so, when they said this, this is what they really meant. They don't like you. Ever had that? Y'all are incredibly quiet tonight. I'm going to talk to the online audience because they're louder. <laughs> you, you ever have one of those thoughts, so-and-so so doesn't like you? You think that, and you think that thought all day. In fact, then you see them. They say something, and you're like, yeah. And then, and then they do something to completely blow that out of the water, like, man, I was just thinking about you, and I just want to tell you how much I love you and appreciate you. <laughs> and you realize that you have dwelt all day on a jacked-up thought. Online audience, the people here, they're perfect. And so I'll be sharing with you tonight. They will be adding, joining in and adding along. Of course, we've all done that. And so the idea is if we can take a thought like that, if we can keep it in us, if it can bother us all day, how can we not take God's thoughts, put them in us, and we can think about that all day? And that can make, that's a lot better. We're going to think on something. You know, it's amazing. I can sit here and talk about this. And talk about, and, and people kind of look at me like, uh, but you know, people pay a lot of money to go to seminars to hear a positive thinker say, you can think positive thoughts all day long. And they all go, yeah, because <laughs> you're awesome. Yeah, I'm going to think positive thoughts all day. You paid for that. This is free. 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 And not only free, it's true which is good, free and true. <laughs> and truth will make you free. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, here we go. Last week, we ended on this, and, and this is just, I, I don't want to skip it because it, it is key. One of the best ways to keep God's word in us is to keep it in our mouths. And, and that's a different thought for a lot of people a lot of people because we haven't been raised that way. But the idea of the heart and mouth are often a, a deficit area. And I talked last week about sometimes that's a deficit area in my life, but it's God's way. Romans 10, 8 through 10 says, well, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Heart and mouth. And so one of the reasons that you hear us pray at the end of every service is, is that we're praying because people can make a heart decision, but we want them to, to, to confess that with their mouth. With the heart man believes, with the, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The principle, and I won't have time to go into it tonight, but the principle still works, heart and mouth. 
And so one of the best ways, especially, and this is helpful if you're having difficulty with thoughts that have bothered you. And maybe it's a, a thought or a negative thought or a worrisome thought. Or what are you going to do or, or, or something along those lines? One of the best ways to deal with thoughts like that is, is where I encourage people, have a scripture that you can speak. And so what you're doing is when you're speaking that, that's a great way to combat those kind of negative thoughts. Maybe you're thinking, hey, the thought comes, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. What are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. Ever notice the enemy can bring thoughts, and he won't just bring one and back off. He, he brings them, and, and, and what he wants you to do is loop them. You know what I mean by loop them? It's just over and over and over and over and over. So one of the best ways to break that is to, is to speak out loud if you're by yourself. If, you're, if you work in an open office cubicle, I would suggest you do it quietly. But if, if you would speak, and you could take, take something just as simple as, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's simple. You say, well, that's, that, that's too simple. Well, it, it's better than, than being harassed by a thought all day long. And so, that's just, a, that's just an idea. I'm going I'm to skip down. Guys, I know you are running uh, my scriptures. I'm going to skip Psalms 37. I'm going to skip 40. I'm going to jump right into trust in the Lord with all your heart. So let's talk a little bit about that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When we say heart, we're not talking about the blood pump. We're talking about the very core of our being, the eternal part of our makeup. It's also referred to, and you see this over and over again in the Bible, you also hear it referred to as the spirit of man. 1 Thessalonians 5th chapter, verse 25, and 5th chapter, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you, that means separate you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. Now here's where we often differ from uh, psychology and from science. Science pretty much says that man is a body and has a brain, and then, but they really don't recognize the spirit of man. And so they, and yet, it, it puzzles them. And you hear them refer to things like the subconscious and how much, how much that guides our life and how much we do on the basis of the subconscious. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in the body. You say, well, why is that important? Well, it, it's important, and, I, and I'll get to that a little bit later, but it, it's the spirit. That's the eternal part of us. That's the part of us that will live forever. And that's actually the part that has the greatest capacity for strength and has the ability for development. And so we, we want to be able to recognize that we are a spiritual being. We have a soul, a mind, a will, emotions. We live in a body. Three parts. So I want, to, I want to talk just real quickly about some of the things that the Bible says about all three parts. The body is probably the easiest part for us to identify. If you're having a hard time identifying your body, you need prayer. Second Peter. Second Peter, though, it's interesting how... how Biblical authors referred to the body. Second Peter says this, First, uh, Second Peter 1, Yes, I think it's right as long as I'm in this tent. 
to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that surely I must put off my tent just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed me. So he referred to the body as a tent. Other writers referred to it here translations, earthly dwelling, present dwelling place. Young's translation calls it a tabernacle. It's the house of our spirit. I like that. This is a tent. This is temporary. You, you got to know it's temporary, guys. And you got to know it changes. <laughs> Not necessarily for the better. And, but the good news is one day we get a new tent. That will be good. One that won't get fat. Or old. Or tired. One that looks really, really good. All the time. Man, aren't you glad? I believe in heaven. No bad hair days. No getting up in the morning and going, oh dear Lord. <laughs> New body. But right now we got this one. And the body talks, it talks about, but I like referring to it as, as, a, as a, a, a tent. I, probably it's more real to me because I do funerals. And when you do funerals, especially funerals of, of believers, strong believers, they have a different perspective. I mean, you, you, now I've seen funerals where people are just like falling all over the, the body in the casket. And, they're, and, and, oh, and I'm not even going to that because I'll, I'll start meddling and sharing opinions that are not scriptural. But the bottom line is they're not there. That's, that's the body. They're gone. Y'all do know that, right? Yeah. You do, the, the, the individual in the casket's not there. If, you, if, you're out, if you're out in the graveyard talking to, to grandma, she ain't there. Wow. Online folks. <laughs> this is an earth suit. We will leave it one day. Because what's on the inside of us is what's eternal. And that's what lives forever. People who have died and, and, and actually have had afterlife experiences often talk about leaving their, leaving their body and looking down and seeing their body like doctors are operating on it and they, and they see it. And so a lot of good ways we can go there. But good news is it's, it's temporary. We get a new one one day. As much as we try and work and hard, the Bible said the outward man, this is the outward man, it decays it gets older. The inward man is renewed day by day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Helen, this is, this is good. I know it's good. I know it's good. I'm telling you, it's, it's good. Okay. The thing about the body is, and this is good to know, the body has to be trained. You've got to keep it on a short leash. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Here we go. Holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that it's the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here's good news for you. Listen, if you got saved, maybe you've just come to the Lord you've, or you've come back to the Lord and all of a sudden you have desires and temptations and, you're, and, and things that are like, I thought I, I thought I was saved. I, I thought I had been saved. I made Jesus my Lord. Why am I still having these temptations? Because your body has not changed. Your spirit changed your body didn't change, and your body will still have some of the same desires that it always had. 
And that's, that's what it is. If you understand that, it's good news. And it's good news because it doesn't mean I'm a horrible person. It means I have to keep my body on a short leash. Paul said, I keep under my body. In other words, I keep it disciplined. Why? Because it still wants to do some of the same stuff. Now, if you're, if you're not aware of that, the enemy can, can run havoc in your life because you, you, you have a temptation, and he's like, ah, huh. if you were a good Christian, you wouldn't think like that. You wouldn't have that temptation. If you were a good Christian, no. I don't even know if you're saved or not. You know, the sad thing about it is the enemy will bring temptations across our path and then condemn us when we get tempted. Online audience, the enemy will bring temptations across your path and then tempt us. And then when we, when we yield it, he, and then he's like, you're a horrible Christian. Listen, your body, my body, Joy's body, I know y'all think she's a saint and she's like an angel. She's not. She has to, she, listen, living with me, you better learn to keep your flesh under because I wasn't the easiest guy to live with. Everybody's got to keep their flesh under, guys. Everybody has flesh. So you deal with your body. So <laughs> I won't go into that. And I can tell the, the enthusiasm here. You, online audience, y'all got to get in here. The enthusiasm is amazing in here. Tony, Tony, Robbins, Tony Robbins has nothing on this crowd. Okay, so here we go. We have, we have body. Here's the second thing. We have the soul, the seat of our emotions and reasonings. It's also called the mind. Mind has to be renewed. Remember we just read that? Be, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means you, thank you. <laughs> that means you've got to renew it. Because you're, because, yes. Okay, all right. All right. I realize this is my fault because I just goaded you on to this. All right, okay. I, I, I got something I thought you guys would enjoy. And uh, it, it, it deals with the fact that there's so much out there that deals with the mind and the, and the, and the spirit. And I ran across this today. And I'm like, I cannot believe this. But people are selling this stuff. Here's what it's called. It's called the desire system. For $97, I'm getting David Tien's three proven methods for turning any female friend into a passionate lover. <laughs> even, if, even if she's told me time and time again, she just wants to be friends. If I'm a lady, I'm offended at that. And it, it talks about mind control, that you can control someone else's mind and make them love you. <laughs> Guys, I got to tell you, they've been selling love potions for a long time, and they don't work. But it's, it's amazing how people are, are and, they'll, and they'll try to attach it to something. It's, it's, it's spiritual. It's, it's mental. You can change with your brain waves and all this stuff. Here was another one. This is saying, what were you watching? This was, a, this was like a YouTube guy that it's a doctor. He's got some fairly decent stuff. Then all these people come on. How to access altered states of mind for powerful guidance and problem solving. Tap into alpha, theta, and delta wave frequencies of the human mind to get into states of profound creativity, intuitive guidance, and even to create coincidences 
to move your life forward. I saw this guy, and he, he, he actually did this. He put his hand on a book and said, and, and, and these guys are always like from some exotic places. They're never from Mississippi. And uh, <laughs> he says, how would you like to touch a book? And just by touching the book, gain all the wisdom from the book. If I'm a college student, I'm all into that. I am, I am, I'm buying that. That's, what I'm saying is, that's some crazy stuff. People are paying for it. And, and yet the, the Bible's got so much of a better way to go. We, we keep our bodies under, we begin to renew our minds. And James, put that verse in James up in the first time. I'm going to close with this. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. James was writing to Christians. But he was writing to Christians and he was saying, hey, there's some things in our life you need to put away. He said, and receive with meekness teachableness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Here's one of the challenges. All of us have had experiences in life. Some of them have been negative. Some of you have had some horrible things have happened to you. Abuses, injustices, horrible things. What's happened is it's, it, it, it has marred and hurt us. The Bible talks about being brokenhearted. It talks about our, our souls being saved. You see, he was writing this to Christians. And, and the Lord showed me one time, and this really helped me. As a kid, I used to play with silly putty. Anybody remember silly putty? You could, you could mold it, and, and you could do the same thing with Play-Doh. Play-Doh. You could mold it and make it real smooth. And I really believe that children come into a world with a, with a soulish, emotional, mental realm that's smooth. But words, experiences begin to mar it and hurt it. And he said, if you've received what meekness, God's powerful word, it has the ability to begin to take your emotions and your soulish realm and to smooth it out again, where it can be whole. If you've been depressed and you've lived with it all your life, I got good news for you. It doesn't have to stay that way. If you have been just in fear or terrorized, you can't have relationships, you can't deal with, with just a lot of the challenges in life and things are too difficult. I'm telling you, this is where we receive with meekness a teachableness, God's word, which has the ability to restore us, to make us whole again, to make our emotions in check. I lived depressed for a long time. I was easily thrown off. Things would happen. I would respond poorly and... and it, Function, part of the function of how I grew up, part of the function of I didn't take uh, captive thoughts, part of the function of the enemy has planned for my life. And it, it, it impacted me. And, and Joy could tell you for, for years, even though I was in the ministry, I, felt, I, I dealt with it, I fought with it. It was, it was, it was bad. And I, man, I feel for people who are depressed. But I got good news for you. It's been years since I've been depressed. Years. And, and, and that's, 
It's not like God looked down to me and said, okay, he's a pastor. He needs help. No, no, no. Everybody has to come the same way. But if you'll come, and, and this is why, I, this is, guys, this is why I'm so big. I, and I appreciate Wednesday night. Those of you who are watching alone, I, I really do. I'm, I was teasing y'all tonight, but I love you. I appreciate you. I appreciate people who will come out on a night where they could be doing something else. You come out after work, but you receive God's word. And it has the ability to strengthen, and it'll strengthen your emotions. You do not have to be an emotional wreck. You do not have to be an emotional basket case. You do not have to, I don't care if they told you that you're bipolar. I'm telling you, God's word is more powerful than bipolar. It is more powerful than any of that stuff. And it absolutely, it absolutely can make a difference in your mind. I'm going to ask this, and if you're brave enough to do it, how many of you could say, I used to really have a tough time in some area of my emotions, and God has helped me, and I'm not the same way I used to be. Look, as you see the hands up, and they go up. And I'm telling you something, and it doesn't have to stop, because they can just keep on getting better and better. That's the beautiful thing about God. We're never going to run to the end. He goes, that's, that's all I got. No, he's, he's got a lot more. And we're going to keep on getting <laughs> from now throughout eternity. Whew, that would be good, right? All right. I picked on you tonight, but thank you for responding so well. <laughs> Listen, if you're online and you would like to join us, I, I, I will encourage you this. There is a difference between being here and watching online. And, and one, of the, one of the differences is this. Usually while you're here, you can't, like, be eating a burger or, or doing something around the house. It, it helps you with your focus. And, it, and I think it's good just to dedicate a time where you say, this is God's time. And you receive with meekness God's word. And thank God our souls, our emotions are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Good. Let's pray. This evening, if you're here and said, you know what, Alan, I don't have a relationship, or maybe online you're watching and you're honest and you say, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I know that. He knows. But I, I really want to. Or maybe life just took its toll and you realize I've gotten so far away from God, but I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. I'm going to ask church family here to pray with me. This, this prayer is for you, but if that's you that I'm talking to, and you say, Alan, I've been away, or Alan, I, I want to be very sure of my relationship with God, would you pray for me? We're going to do that. Would you just slip your hand up real quick, just wave it at me, and say, Alan, that's me. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Great. You put your hands down. Thank you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Those of you who lifted your hands, I want you to pray this prayer with us. Those of you online, if you're by yourself, you, you can pray this out loud. If you're with other people, pray it quietly. Those of us here, we're going to join you as a church family. But let's pray this prayer. It's a powerful prayer. We pray it from the heart. With the heart, we believe. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. 
I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I said yes to you. Heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. I want to do something. I want to pray for, for the people in here. And the people who are watching online. Father, I, I want to pray tonight for those who have dealt with emotional trauma and pain and hurt that's still just too big of a part of their life. I want to thank you for injecting hope into them that things can change, that things can be different, that with you all things are possible, including it being possible for them to be strong and stable and full of joy. I thank you for that. Thank you that you're no respecter of persons. You've helped me in this area. You'll help them as well. We'll give you all the praise for that. Thank you. Getting stronger every day. You are the joy and the strength of our life. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.